All right. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hang and Hunt podcast. This is uh, version one, episode one point zero zero. The the OG. Yeah, the original. The original. It's pretty guess, cool. session. Yeah, yeah. yeah the we, intro session. We uh, we did try. Full disclosure, we tried to record some podcasts earlier. Uh, we did them over the phone or the over the interwebs. Yeah, and it was. They were fun. I mean, we just sat and BS the whole time, but I think the audio on them was audio sucked. Subpar. Yeah, and the um, we kept falling asleep on each other. Not uh, actually on each other. Uh, Within but, each other's grasp. Yeah, there were there's some fun audio clips where one person is looking for the other, wondering what's going on. Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, are you still there? <laughs> yeah, you're hey, snoring. In in my defense, in my defense, I was tired yeah. that day it was late it yeah was it, late. it was really late it was like three in the afternoon yeah that's a yeah. that's a long day well 12 pack deep at three you know that, that'll <laughs> yeah. put you to sleep it's the um it's the ipas man they sync <laughs> up on you <laughs> that's what it was they were they were hardcore ipas i think they were like eight percent alcohol i had like half of one and whew, put me on my butt <laughs> The problem was your umbrella got in the way. <laughs> that and the flower. <laughs> yeah, the little <laughs> my little cherry straw just is so. So, anyways, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> so, the Hang and Hunt podcast is going to be pretty cool. Um, obviously, it's a play on just hanging out and talking about hunting. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be fun to be able to actually shoot them in person here and and put some videos up. So, what's cool is what you guys are seeing is literally unedited raw you might as well be sitting at the other end of this table uh you know kind of bsing with us because they're you know billy basically comes over to my house we come down into the man cave here and we start recording there there's yeah. no um there's no coaching there's no discussion about what we're going to talk about it this is as off the cuff as we can get i think that's kind of cool because you know it's real raw unfiltered stuff i mean this is as close as as you can get without us losing sponsors. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll we're going to tone down certain things that you'll have to meet us at the bar for us to actually tell you what that <laughs> exactly. is. But uh, um, but uh, Taylor, why don't we introduce ourselves a little bit? I know some people out there do know who we are, but um, why don't you start off and tell tell our listeners exactly? Yeah, and, and it is kind of odd because normally when I'm in these settings and I'm introducing myself, I normally have to say what i am after who i am so this is a little different than, than you don't the, have to give your rap sheet today though <laughs> good thank you good yeah uh, it's just to google away <laughs> whoopsie see look raw and unfiltered to get a phone call didn't I, you just say i did oh, let's put a phone on silent that was a requirement and um i i i'm gonna it's on airplane mode it shouldn't be ringing now it's on do not disturb as well so know. maybe you had wi-fi calling on which i hate I do have Wi-Fi calling on. That's what it was. Well, I'm Taylor. Uh, I'm, a, I'm addicted to whitetail hunting. <laughs> yeah, so for anybody out there that doesn't know me, my name is Taylor Chamberlain. Uh, I, I live in Billy, and I live in the outskirts of Washington, D.C., so we live in the suburbs of northern Virginia, and uh, we, well, I uh, hunt whitetail deer, so do you. So mm -hmm. um What's cool about that, though, is we have an incredibly overabundant whitetail population here in D.C., and I don't know why I'm looking at you, because you know all this. <laughs> I, I'm beautiful. I just, yeah, that's why. <laughs> I just can't take my eyes <laughs> Just off start of batting you. your eyes at me, too. <laughs> hey, like girl. A, it's a little butterfly. Um, yeah, so in, in, anyways, in the outskirts of Washington, D.C., we have a huge overabundance of whitetail deer, um, so much so that the... 
uh, Department of Game and Inland Fisheries are unable to put a number on that in order to quantify it. But yeah, there have been numbers thrown thrown out. Yeah, I think the the biological carrying capacity optimally is like 15, 20 deer per square mile, and there have been figures that have been thrown out in these regions of one, two, three, four hundred deer per square mile, and when you have you know, deer poop littering people's yards and you can't take a step and it looks like you're, you know, stepping on raisins everywhere. Um, the deer population's out of yeah, control. It's out of control. And, um, and we'll get into that more so because it, it, that doesn't mean that hunting here is easy, uh, just because there's an, you know, clearly an abundance of, mm-hmm. of deer, but they figure out pretty quickly that you're hunting them. But, um, you know, to get back to kind of introducing myself, I hunt anywhere from 150 to 220 plus days a year. So, uh, I haven't figured out if my wife hates that or loves that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's probably its own episode. That's going to be a huge topic <laughs> that we need to cover because... My, my gardener loves it when I'm gone. <laughs> and so my does, wife does too. Yeah. That's weird. But little uh, little Juanita, she's so great. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I mean that—that's me in a nutshell. Is yeah. I, I basically I, I'm a I'm a bow hunting junkie, um, and Billy and I together, uh, we have a ton of of properties that we hunt on in order to reduce the overabundant whitetail herd here. Yeah. So Billy, who are you? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> now you know I'm Billy. My name's Billy Phillips. Um, like Taylor said, uh, I, I grew up in this area uh, around D.C. and I grew up in a hunting family. Um, I didn't really get serious into bow hunting until after college when I moved back up here um and I, I knew I wanted to get back into to whitetail hunting and I was a teacher at the time and I had a few of my uh, students and their parents who would say hey oh you're a bow hunter there's so many deer in my backyard you should come over and that really just started a snowball effect and I actually started shooting a lot of deer in people's backyards met a few like-minded people and um went on from there we do tons of hunting, um, and we've had to figure out how to do that and have a balance in our lives, uh, because when you have so many deer and unlimited tags for antlerless deer, at least, um, it, it's a kid in the candy store. So uh, we have a ton of experience with that type of hunting, and but and for me, and Taylor also, we're not only whitetail hunters, you know. Um, you're into fishing and upland hunting and stuff like that and i'm a falconer also so i definitely we're in the outdoors a lot even though sometimes it's just in people's backyards yeah and what's kind of interesting um about all that is you know billy grew up in a hunting family i did not grow up in a hunting family i actually taught myself how to hunt um but i got really into hunting when i was in college which is when i learned how to hunt and then uh, what were I, you hunting for in college, Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> a good time. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, any time that I was able to drive a car, uh, I was out in the woods <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hunting. And, and uh, you know, I we were both competitive in college. You were a wrestler. I played golf. Um, but it was funny. I, I did not know Billy until I moved back to this area. And we met through a mutual friend because, um, you know, I was getting into the urban hunting. And Billy had a lot of experience in it. And I mean, we just kind of hit it off right away. And as you know, people that loved being outdoors, loved hunting, loved going to the bar, and uh, <laughs> and you know, the, and it's kind of that was what like twelve years ago. Yeah, thirteen years ago. Yeah, it was at least 12, 13 years ago. Yeah, lucky thirteen. Right? <laughs> and, and like one of the first times we hung out, 
like, do you remember I was in a townhouse and I, you were asking me about like the tree, tree stand stuff I use. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's right. And I was like, well, this is my saddle. Let's go check it out. And there was a tree that was like this big around in my, in my front yard. And I was like, oh, let's get in it. Yeah. And I think that, that was, you had heard about tree saddles yep. from like the Eberhardt, and, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, that was like one of the first times that, we hung out. That was the first one that I had ever seen. So I, I had been reading when I taught myself how to hunt, I read everything I could possibly find on hunting. Yeah. Magazine articles, like TV shows, books, uh, everything. And so I got really into the Eberhardt books. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the first time I'd heard about a tree saddle. And so this was like 2000 Bow hunting and pressured whitetails. Yeah. That was the first one that, yeah. Yep. And so I remember reading that book. I, I still have it down here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like dog-eared on the saddle. And like... It was just, it's funny how things work out, right? Because right after that is when I met you. I mean, literally like the yeah. day after that. Mm-hmm. So it's fresh on my mind. You mentioned something about saddles and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I read about that. Like, you know, let me check it out. And I remember sitting in it and going home and being like, I'm buying one of those as soon as I get home. Were they still in production no, then? No, That's and, right. I, and I didn't know that. So, um, I didn't, I hadn't realized that they were not in business anymore mm-hmm. but i found one on ebay and i didn't even know that there were different models of them, right like <laughs> you were like tree saddle yeah that's i'm it. like that's a Sold. that's what billy had i bought it and um later you know now hindsight obviously being 2020 um they had one that had a detachable lineman's belt mm-hmm. which is the one that you had mm-hmm. because you actually wrote an article for them that mm-hmm. got published right mm-hmm. you and kiki mm-hmm. and uh kiki is a buddy of ours named kevin and um so you had that one. I bought just the first one I found on eBay. And like I, I was like pretty fresh out of college at the time, like new to working. I had like no money. And I remember this thing cost like 150 bucks. I think buy it now on eBay. And I bought it. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to go out to the bars for like a week a week that's one session for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that i mean that, this was a big deal i'm like a 22 23 year old um, you still went though because all you did was hey girl buy me a drink yeah i did a ladies night i <laughs> had to dress up that was more frowned upon back then <laughs> but i i remember buying this thing and thinking like oh geez like 150 bucks I, yeah I, and then you realized oh i can't climb the tree i don't have sticks yet yeah yeah <laughs> and actually funny you mentioned that i went to um like dick's sporting goods sold the one by your house sold mm-hmm. lone wolf and they had them on on sale i remember i got some like crazy deal i bought two packs of sticks that were like 80 bucks a pack on Mm -hmm. clearance because i think it was like january february when we had when we were doing this um but yeah just it's just so funny now thinking about not only like how good of friends we are but the fact that i mean like saddle hunting is how we hunt And, and not saying that we wouldn't hunt from a tree stand uh Mm -hmm. when the when the opportunity presents itself but you know it between Billy and I, we're hunting on probably anywhere from like, geez, I don't even know how many properties we have permission to hunt on. Oh, yeah. Over a hundred, probably. It's plenty. And it's... and so there's no way possible that we can keep tree stands in all those locations. It's hard enough to keep sticks in those locations. Yeah, and, and then each year, throughout the year, you need to inspect them. You need to, you know, change or like a squirrel out. eats through like, them or something. It, it's, it's a pain. Right. And we, we do like to be mobile a lot. And in places that we do have tree stands, we were just talking about this earlier today. You know, if I have a, 
a lock tree stand or a lock on like on a family farm or something like that i still take my saddle yeah i'll go right up the tree get into the tree stand and i just i'll just like you know either the uh the bridge or the tether i'll just elongate them once in a while i'll sit down like feeling kind of weird because i'm (laughs) sitting in a tree stand but so i usually end up standing up on the seat and i'm still using my saddle and it's a great spot i'm not gonna like pick another tree when that's the kill tree right well and it's easier to get up in it you know i mean it's funny because it for me, I don't know about you, it's like it, walking up to a tree and climbing with my sticks is so second nature now. Oh, yeah. That it, I'm just like, it feels odd to climb a tree that already has stuff in it, you know? You know what I'm not very good at is, you know, there's uh, like the te- the line, the, the like, I don't know what they are, um, like hunters. hunters oh, safety yeah, the system. safety line. It, yeah, the safety line, right? It's a really I'm hard like, thing to remember. I'm like, yeah, right? <laughs> safety line. I can't remember that. Two well, words. Like, that... I'm like, I'm like, how do I? Like, I know how to use it. Like, I'm not stupid. Like, well, maybe I am. But it's like, it's so awkward to be able to use it. I just feel like just throw my Lyman's belt around the tree yeah. and just go up. Yeah. They're irritating. It, it was funny because, like, thinking back to when I first started saddle hunting, I it felt like I had two left feet. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a progression and a learned thing, but... Um, it's just kind of, it's cool to see how far you come. And granted, like we are really an exception to it because we get to hunt so we're often. in the, tr- like we're, we're using the equipment so much. I, I always tell people when they first get into saddle hunting is there's a learning curve and that first three, four, five times you do it, you're going to really like it. And that sixth to 10th time, you're going to go, oh my gosh, I just, I totally suck at this. I'm, I'm clanking my sticks. I'm just making a mess. And then it seems like that 10th, 12th time you're, you find your own rhythm and you find your own, your own uh, system. Yeah. You kind of hone it in too, right? You do. Absolutely. You, you are, you're kind of a master at kind of finding those little tweaks in the DIY things. Like you taught me, like I always, I still do it. I take my sticks and I'll, through one of my straps, I'll just wrap it through my uh, straps and you're like no why don't you like tie a piece of paracord and you can hang it off of here and i'm like well there, there are two different brains at work here right like billy is a fucking animal when it comes I'm a to minimalist. stuff like this yeah and and i'm like super anal when yeah. it comes to like dialing it in it's just the way that our personalities are but it was funny oh, yeah. we had a photo shoot for outdoor life and mm-hmm. you climbed a tree right near me and we actually climbed to like regular hunting height yeah and i remember watching you climb up i was like Oh my God! Well, this you used four sticks animal. and I used three. Yeah, and I'm like a, a, a lot foot taller, taller than, than you me. are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I remember like so. Billy will set a stick when I'm climbing. When my foot is at the top, I use my knee as my line to put the next stick. Yeah, and, you know, it's, within an inch or so, that's fine. But Billy will actually make his first step onto the tree. Yeah. And then push Lyman's off the around, tree push and off step and up. I mean, yeah. and I'm talking like this much of a distance for people that are listening instead of watching. Like my legs are only inches. that long. Yeah, you have the inseam of a beagle. You know, like <laughs> like Ernie Power. It's a bench beagle. <laughs> but I mean, I was blown away at at how comfortable you were stepping up that. Yeah. Not in a bad way. I just I was really impressed with that because it never occurred to me in a million years that I didn't need to step on the tree. Well. You've seen me climb before, and I think what it is is you're not looking at my feet usually. What? I mean, how is my phone ringing again? Turn it off. After Do Not Disturb mode is on. (laughs) For all you Apple people out there, help help a brother out. I think you have to call like three times in a row to get through the Do Not Disturb mode. No, I think you just have to turn your actual ringer off. Oh, there's a power button on this thing. Oh, there are? You actually turn your phone (laughs) off? I could have put it on silent. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) 
and still raw and unedited. Everybody gets to see the whole thing. Yeah, one more mistake, and it's it's going to be like it's a flogging. You, no, no, a, you start stripping a an article of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to watch this. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, you know, basically, our goals for this podcast are just like they are with all the content we put out there. Is anything we can do to help educate people or put a smile on their face? Yeah. You know, we're all about. And yeah. so we're we're going to be here to have fun. Hopefully, you guys have some fun with us and and learn some stuff and and we have plenty of experience out there uh and lots of hunting stories that we want to share too that uh the people who do know us and have heard our stories are always asking asking us to tell them again and again and again yeah well they get better every time we tell them too yeah i tell you when you hone your craft right (laughs) exactly yeah so that buck was yeah it's the biggest (laughs) but yeah if there are any uh, specific things that you guys want to know out there you know feel free to leave a comment below on the videos or uh leave a comment on the podcast but you know let us know what you want to know and uh or if if there are any particular stories you want to hear also um feel free to ask but you know we're just trying to share the expertise that we have in over a decade each of hunting in urban yeah, areas. Yeah, you know, 150 to 200 plus days a year. Like, I mean, we're not joking when we're talking about, like, almost that divorce level of yeah. of hunting. And then traveling to hunt and then coming back home and hunting, which we were kind of joking about earlier. But, you know, fortunately, you know, we've gotten to a point in the hunting industry where hunting takes us places. And it's yeah. cool. But at the same time, it, it's definitely a little tough. Yeah, um, can, that can be. And we're going we're gonna to dip into an episode about, you know, that family life balance that you have to have when you hunt so much. And I'm 100% sure there are people listening right now who are saying, yeah, my wife gets a little irritated or my significant other, my husband and wife get irritated because I'm out in the woods all the time. Or, you know, when I'm not hunting, I'm shed hunting or I'm scouting or I'm going to a seminar or I'm shooting my boat indoor or doing 3d and how do you balance that? And we're, I mean, we'll definitely delve into that because we've been down that road a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> still battle it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy it and let us know what you want to hear. So we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks guys.